0: The final snap of Super Bowl, 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Numak and joining me once again for a preview of the Atlanta Falcons game this week is my co-host Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Yeah, well, gearing up. We're back at it. Apparently, the NFL season is not just one game. That's what I was told.
2: I'm I'm happy it's not. I'm happy we got I'm sixteen more of these. I,
1: Apparently, the Bears have decided to forfeit the rest of the season. Do you blame Breaking them? news. No. <laughs> No. Packers are gonna soldier on.
2: I guess so. <laughs> yeah, uh briefly the Bears. Wow. But everything coming out of Chicago this week is in and, about and Packers' point of view, fantastic. Everything else. A little sussy.
1: Pretty pretty remarkable.
2: It was week one. <laughs> I saw today yes. that the uh the uh the owner had an impromptu meeting with the GM and head coach. That's never good week one. No. <laughs> no. Things you uh, don't like to see as a Bears fan. <laughs> Second year
1: head coach. I know it's Bears Packers and it just brings out feelings amongst uh, at least the fan base that wants to get back into it. You know. We were the Packers were in this position a long, long time ago. I know it's been a very long time ago since we felt this way. Probably since
2: Favre started.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's when it started to flip. But yeah, it's that's that's gnarly. That's really crazy.
2: Yeah, any uh, who's will be. Yes, Bears week is done. We're on to Falcons week.
0: <laughs> I
2: cannot say. It the one and Atlanta Falcons, who had uh, made life absolutely miserable for number one overall pick Bryce Young last week, as they uh, Falcons beat the Panthers at home behind two uh, interceptions from Bryce Young—not good ones either. But before we get into that, I forgot we cannot wrap up Bears Week because we have cheeses to give out. What am I thinking? We have cheese to give out, of course. So we have a few candidates. And uh, I know we only have three on the dock here, Jordan, but uh, I want... I Well, we should also
1: explain to the listeners. Yep. Cheese board is going to be a little different this year. We're making it harder on ourselves, as evidenced by our uh, behind-the-scenes discussions this week.
2: We're picking top three yep. players. No more, top uh, three. no more long laundry lists of cheeses for players. Ultimately, just picking three, similar to... Uh, the hockey stars of the game, but it's not going to be yes. tiered like one star, one star, two star, three star. It'll just be one cheese for uh, the top three players each week. And goddamn, did that the Packers make it hard on us <clears> this <throat> week. Because there's more than three that are probably deserving.
1: <laughs> yes. There is some discussion on plenty. Um, acer- certainly on the defense side of the ball. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great candidates. Um, I will say... Probably the definitive lock, if we can reveal the first one.
2: Yep. Aaron Jones. For sure. We we, we both agreed on that one. For 127, 127 total yards and two touchdowns. Um, the absolute heart and soul of this team last week, as they uh, pretty much were in route to pretty much stomping the Bears into the ground, so... No no doubts there. No second questions there. Aaron Jones, the first recipient of a cheese this week.
1: 28 snaps, too, which makes his That's performance. That's crazy. 127 yards, 41 rushing yards, 86 receiving yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, one receiving yards, or uh, touchdown. That makes it even more remarkable is that he was that efficient, that explosive, that uh, lethal. Mm-hmm um with his with his stallions and uh didn't but basically played half the game right and if you consider the half of the snaps that he played they didn't give him the ball Uh, (laughs) so yeah the air jones lock of the week at least offensively i would say
2: yes absolutely um i guess i want to say this i want to say second lock because there was discussion But we both came into agreement on our second one with Devontae Wyatt, right? Like, that was kind of our our status quo here. Five tackles, three combined, two tackles for a loss, one half sacks, um, and six pressures um, via PFF. I'm going to give him credit for one forced fumble because... Yes, I thought he did, and I, I checked both
1: PFF and Pro Football Reference the one of the two of the best tools that you'll ever yeah. find k clark got credit for the forced fumble not Devontae wyatt see because there's the shared sack where yeah. that's where it's like what right i'm
2: not really sure because like i it looked like maybe they just like super zoomed in as to whose arm swatted the ball away but maybe it was different yeah. timing on the replay that i saw it looked like it was for sure Devontae wyatt's uh forced fumble that ended up Obviously, Devontae Wyatt's arm, that caused the force on ball. Sorry, Brain Brain was trying yeah. to turn the gears there. Um, but yeah, big game from him, especially coming off of his rookie year where he's trying to build up to being that starter alongside Kenny Clark. Great start. Great start for Devontae Wyatt.
1: Yeah, I thought he was reflecting, having a couple of days to kind of uh, just relive the... Glorious week one. Devontae Y was probably the most definitive standout on the line in terms of just getting home constantly. Once they broke open the uh, Bears offensive line, he was getting a ton of pressure. And yeah, that stuff matters. Like there's a lot of other good candidates on the line, especially because like Van Ness. Sean Gary played like ten snaps and still like had a crazy.
2: I think he had a fifty percent pass rush win rate, and he played 10 ten third downs. It's crazy, <laughs> just
1: crazy. Um, uh, forgetting, I mean, Kenny Clark too. Uh, Preston yeah. Smith also had a decent game. Like I know we kind of yeah. always forget about him, but yeah, Devontae Wyatt, the second cheese. Yeah.
2: Before we get about our third, we should bring out our candidates of who we thought we were, was also going to get one. First and foremost, Jordan Love. We we uh me and, me and Jordan obviously went back and forth as to who was getting this third one, and Jordan Love was the runner up to it. If it wasn't been the guy we picked, it would have been Jordan Love. Um, ultimately, a great game from or a good game from Jordan Love. Just would have liked to see it all come together for the entire game versus um, just the second half, which. I don't think you can really fault him too much on. Like, I think the play column is more of his fault, or not his fault in the first half, with how much they were giving the ball to A.J. Dillon. But a couple of missed throws, um, some just stuff that was out of his control. So, no mistakes, which was good. But um, I think seeing it together for an entire game, plus, again, the third guy just played a hell of a game. So it's not even really his fault. So, trying to think who else we... um,
1: Romeo Dobbs, yep, of course, was... two touchdowns. Another guy was limited, but yeah. two touchdowns carry the offense. Helped Jordan Love put in a spectacular performance. Honestly, you could have probably. We didn't really give it that much to that because there's a lot of deserving candidates. You could have looked at David Bakhtiari flipping off Bears fans and blowing kisses, but also like that's right, putting in a hell of a performance. Zach Tom, same way. They both graded out really well for, on PFF.
2: Um, I think that about covers it. That might have Anders yeah, Carlson. Quay, going, Walker? Quay Walker. Quay Walker or Anders to... Carlson going a hundred percent for his uh, mm-hmm. for his kicks. So yeah, a lot of good recipients this week. Or per Donald Savage. Donald Savage. Like again, <laughs> he could name a lot of people that could have deserved That's a lot. cheese. So ultimately, we picked out uh, Russell Douglas for the third cheese this week. Eight tackles, six combined, two solo, a PBU, a fumble recovery, and then only allowed two catches on four targets for eleven yards. A seventy-eight point two coverage grade from PFF. Um, I went into the tape on this one because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to give to give it to, to Jordan Love just for being the Bears and doing everything I asked him to week one and coming into the season. Um, ultimately, all the I watched the all twenty-two tape and it was. It was pretty good. He was all over his receivers, and just in on every play. I, don't, I didn't really see any sort of misplays by him. So, very important when you're going up up against, like Darnell Mooney. Like he's not a he's not a nothing receiver, and if no. you're getting um, a lot of good zone reads too from him, it's like making sure he's passing everything off properly. So, all in all, really good from him. And I know that you had mentioned that as well.
1: Yeah, I thought again. I, I went into probably after. Sunday after we recorded, it's gonna be Jordan Love and there's a lot of stats to back that up. he had the highest pass rating of all quarterbacks a week one, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but I also was thinking, well, this is a very defense dominant performance and kind of blend what you saw during the game, we saw after the game, what you see on PFF because it's the Bible of everything. Not that it's the end all be all, Mm -hmm. but you see all these things. Razul Douglas Gurira really well on PFF across the board. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, yeah, he did really well. Like he, you're watching live and, uh, he's in every play. He's really, his tackling was really great. Like he limited big plays. Think. um, forget to uh who i can credit here but i saw supposed to plays for week one bears had seven and packers i think had seven i think it was like a horse apiece really
2: yeah i think Um, for sure the packers had seven i'm trying to find i think we posted it in the discord please uh go join the discord gsb.info um this is from a man named arjun menon i apologize if i pronounced your name wrong if you were listening um most explosive plays allowed in twenty twenty three season, um, the Bears allowed seven, as did the Packers, but um, only four of the nature in the passing game. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I just I thought it was. I probably lean more towards defense, just given that it was a complete performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, they limited. Bit, I know it was twenty points in the end, but like it when it was a game, it was really a fourteen. Yeah. Uh, we're giving up 14 points before things got out of hand um and yeah really good I thought between him and Jair he was more kind of his presence was more felt not that Jair was bad because you're not going to be when that whole defense is locked in step with
2: one another right exactly I think it kind of speaks to the point that we were looking for something exciting out of Joe Barry and the defense coming into week one so with all that being said I think we are appropriate in that two of the cheeses go to defensive players, just because, like yeah. holding them to the field goals early on when it was still seven zero and seven three and seven six, very important to make sure that didn't turn into a fourteen seven deficit quite quickly. Um, but yeah, just all in all, good uh, good performance by the defense, particularly Devontae Wyatt and Russell Douglas. So, yep. All right, now. Should we enter into the realm of Atlanta football? Atlanta Falcons football.
0: It's there.
2: I did my best you impression. Let's do it. <laughs> um, as we I mentioned earlier, Falcons also want to know after beating the Carolina Panthers week one. Uh mostly led-behind defensive player of the week, Jesse Bates, who we had pined for in free agency this offseason. Because the Packers needed safety help, and by golly, it looks like he would have been a good fit. But so far, nothing, I guess, no love lost at this exact moment with Darnold Savage and Rudy Ford after week one. But going into the week, we got an injury report to, I guess, report. The Packers, um, DMPs for David Diari, which is, again, predictable, Aaron Jones, and Christian Watson. Um, worrisome for Christian Watson, obviously, because that's now. Five, four, five days of practice he's missed in a row and we'll see about uh about today as listeners to on Friday's practice and what it looks like um Aaron Jones I'm not too concerned about he obviously pulled his hammy in the game against Chicago and I wouldn't be surprised if they're just letting him take it easy before the game because he's a veteran he knows the offense I'm not really too concerned about him not There's practicing. A bite, right. As he
1: said, not a, a pull.
2: Yep. So they might keep him out just to keep him healthy for the year. But um, I could also see them just running him limited tomorrow, and he's good to go on Sunday.
1: I believe there was a game last year where he did have a hamstring injury. I think it was against the Bears, the away game late in the season. Mm-hmm. And he played very little like he had. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Was that the game in Chicago? It was, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, And, yeah, like, I think that's the best case scenario if he doesn't practice and they want to keep things very on the conservative side, very cautious and everything like that. Um, still not great, and it does kind of present a problem of, like, you don't want to lean on him too much. Like, that's where it gets really tough of, like, His usage, or you know, how much he's on the field if he does end up playing,
2: right? I think it would look a lot like, um, a lot like Sunday's game against Chicago, where he plays if he's feeling okay, but maybe. Not as much, kind of like how they didn't really include him much in the first half, and then once he got hurt, it is kept him out because the game was out of hand. I could see them approaching it similarly, similarly, where they might use him in the first drive, first few drives, and then it's kind of the AJ Dillon show again, which I wouldn't be the hugest fan of. But for the case of uh, safety, much just be what happened, safety, and I guess Aaron Jones' health might just be what has to happen. But here's the hoping he's just fine, and they're being precautious in, in, in practice.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I think worth talking about um, for David Bakhtiari is that we should talk about Aaron Rodgers' injury on turf and um, the Meadowlands, even though I don't think it's called that anymore.
1: MetLife.
2: MetLife Stadium, thank you. Um, Rodgers famously tearing his Achilles, uh, like the fifth play or the fourth play of their game on Monday. Dave Bakhtiari goes on Twitter and starts... Being very mad about justifiably so <laughs> about turf versus um, natural grass fields, mm-hmm. and the propensity of turf to be causing more more injuries to sports players versus the the natural grass field. And so they this weekend the Packers play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, which is a turf field, and we might. I it's something worth watching. I think Tommy in the Discord mentioned this early on, that they're watching to see if he might even play. He didn't play a whole lot last year at Ford Field when um, they have a turf field, and I, I I forget if that's when Bakhtiari actually did hurt himself, was like on a turf no. field. No. But I forget. Or, do, you, do you know? Not
1: originally, that was during practice.
2: Mm, okay,
1: But that also could be inside, which I believe would be turf. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, because they were going to eventually, and then he was going to make his comeback against the Lions in the twenty-one year. And I don't think he ended up doing it. Things are very murky with how he came back, just because it's been like so stop and start kind of thing, yeah, until you know last year. Um, Yeah, it's very relevant because I mean he's he's been talking about this for a long time. It's basically since going through everything that he's gone through. And it's very valid. It's justified. There's reason, whatever is being hawked by the uh, owners of the NFL, of use of natural grass or field turf or whatever it is called now, because it's a hodgepodge of all these different names now. Um, yeah, they should play. They, they replace the grass for when they have friendlies, if it's at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami or uh met stadium in new york like it it's just like okay with you know what i mean um but yeah i i i would be shocked if he does end up sitting but it's not out of the realm of possibilities here just because of the nature of his injury the history of all these kind of injuries happening um yeah i it It's one worth keeping an eye on or watching as we get up to noon on Sunday.
2: I don't even think I'd be shocked if he sat. Like, if there's one thing we know David Bakhtiari to be, it's steadfast in his his opinions, and he sticks to his guns. Mm -hmm. Like, he's... I could see him sitting and discussing it with the Packers training staff being like, hey, I'm not comfortable playing on this, and like... I'm all pro. Like you guys need me. Like, I I don't know what the discussion would be or how the conversation would go, but I think it would definitely be. It will. It would for sure be a headline of the NFL day on Sunday, but um, I don't think I'd be shocked. Truthfully, like I think the Packers would be comfortable enough, letting him sit if that's what he really believes and assessing it further in the future, but. They have Zach Tom that can throw left tackle. Rashid um, Walker. Yep. Or throw um, Yash Nyman back at right tackle. If Zach Tom moves over, they, can, they have they have options to to make this work and sort of shuffle that line around on Sunday, if things aren't working. Like say like you said, they start Rashid Walker um, at left tackle, and then keep Tom at right. Well, if Walker's getting beat a whole bunch, they might move Tom over. and put Nyman in. They have, they have options to do this, and so. I definitely think it it's something that's probably being considered at the Packers facility right now. Yeah. so Something to watch for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, trying to think of where we left off. Limited in participation and practice on Wednesday and Thursday was Elton Jenkins, Romeo Dobbs, Rashawn Gary, uh, Quay Walker, and Daniel Whalen. Uh, Quay was a DMP on Wednesday th- with his concussion and limited on Thursday. I think if he was limited, that means he's out of protocol. Yeah, I would assume. So I'd assume so. Um, And then a full participant was Anthony Johnson Jr., who was uh, a full participant both days in practice. For the Falcons, DMP both days was linebacker Troy Anderson. Uh, limited, either Wednesday or Thursday, was uh, Jeff Okuda. They're, they they acquired him from the Lions, right? For like a seventh round. Yes, or something. over the summer, yep. Yeah, it was yep. some, something real cheap.
1: It was kind of like a challenge trade of like, here, we'll take up, or not challenge trade. Was it buy-low trade? Yeah, buy-low. Fun cost kind of of dealio.
2: Yeah, which I understand. Like, Jeff Okuda, big prospect coming out of college. I think he was fourth out of overall. He was the third overall pick. Third? Oh, yeah. I I knew he was high, but I just gave him a little less credit at four. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, obviously, hopefully, I should say hopefully, but a, like you said, buy-low chance at Jeff Okuda, but he was a... Um, limited participant in practice for them on, uh, I think, Thursday, but I'm failing to find the actual injury report right now. Oh, here it is. My apologies. Uh, Jeff Okuda was a limited participant both days. So, And then full participant was running back Cordell Patterson. Interesting to see how they'll use him. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But um, upgraded upgraded was Clayus Campbell and Janu Smith. Maybe they'll use Janu Smith a little bit more than they do Kyle Pitts. But yeah, um, Jonathan Smith was DMP for uh, that rest for him and Clayus Campbell on Wednesday.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Because I think it's going to be a, uh, a powerful one. I'm
1: very excited.
2: Yeah? What, I'm very excited. What makes you so excited? What are you so excited for this game about for? Um, because to preface it for everybody, just an NFC matchup. Not, not a divisional rival. Like There's some history. Packers are 19-16 and 16 against the uh, the Falcons all time, with having won the last two. But other than that, there's not really beef or anything. So, no, what are you no. excited about? What's getting your, your engines revving for the Falcons? Vroom, vroom. <laughs> the Falcons um, game on Sunday. I think both teams
1: are in a very similar position. I think they're very, uh, built very similarly as well. The coaches know each other, they coach with one another. Uh, Matt LaFleur was the office corner of the Tennessee Titans when he got the job to come to Green Bay. Arthur Smith, son of FedEx founder.
2: <laughs> did you know that? Not until you said it in our uh in our group chat right before this. I did not know. He's that. the
1: son of
2: Mr. FedEx. Mr. I FedEx his, himself. I think his dad's name was like Rick or something. Frederick like that. W. Smith. Fred Rick. Sorry, I was forgetting the Fred part of Rick. Um <laughs> I can't always give a free ad to FedEx. Oh my god, I hate myself. Sorry. UPS it's better. Okay. Anyways.
1: <laughs> um they uh Arthur Smith took over for Matt LaFleur when Matt LaFleur uh, left for Green Bay. So very uh I think there's a lot of core tenants that both teams are uh share. I think personnel wise, there's a lot to be um uh kind of gleaned from like how both teams are built. Um and obviously both the teams are coming off a, a very Strong, more so for the Packers than the Falcons, but both Week One victories and defense carry them in both of them. Um, so it's going to be. I won't. I won't tip my prediction yet, but it might be a little bit of a dog on Sunday, especially if we're, especially if Aaron Jones is limited and Christian Watson misses another game. So yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I am kind of excited.
2: Well, yeah, understandably, like the the Falcons beat the Panthers twenty four ten. Behind a strong defense and a strong run game. And I think that's kind of the exact profile, as you were alluding to, that the Packers had. They won pandedly against the Bears behind a strong defense and a strong run game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference becomes... Excuse me. Um, the passing game. Desmond Ritter was... Uh... Oh, dear <laughs> lord. I'm
0: dear
2: not, lord. I'm not really sure his future with the team like i i struggle to see a reality in where they just don't throw taylor heineke in there and give him credit 15 for 18 115 passing yards and one touchdown but man alive like that he just doesn't look like a nfl ready quarterback at times he didn't pull a whole lot last year either
1: no I, i this is my little stack corner are you ready?
2: Yep, go for it.
1: Uh, ninety-one air yards. So air yards are the yards traveled <laughs> to before a receiver, tight end, running back, whatever catches the ball. Right. That's for the entire game. Ninety-one. Actually, no. I am missing that. I'm screw that up right now. Uh, where is it? Seventy-five. Sorry, that number is seventy-five. Pardon me. <laughs> Uh, only Zach Wilson, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and Joe Burrow um, had fewer air passing yards than Desmond Bruder this uh, in Week One.
2: For for what it's worth, Joel Burrow was playing in the rain. <laughs> like yes, Desmond Bruder was that whole Falcons were playing
1: in a, a dome. dome.
2: Yeah, do you have that, uh, that's do you have lungs <laughs> up for comparison? I'm curious.
1: Oh, that's a good that's a good shot right there. Let me bring it up right now.
2: That's fine. I'll let you well I'll vamp while you do that. But yeah, the, the passing attack for
1: Jordan Love is only at one hundred eight.
2: Still that's better.
1: Justin Fields is ninety four.
2: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Also, that's I mean
1: when you're in control of the game, you're not gonna be taking deep, deep shots, shots and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it is game dependent. But yeah, it was just look like, diving into the Falcons passing attack and everything like that. Desmond Ritter had one catch. He caught his own ball. Drake London did not. Who's their projected leading well, wide receiver? Yeah, grader. he
2: is their wide receiver one. And yeah. notably, Kyle Pitts didn't even get a catch. I don't think he got a. Tar- I think he got a target, but he, he got a catch.
1: catch. He had he had kind of like the game ceiling. It was like a thirty-eight yard bomb.
2: Okay. Yeah. Regardless, they spent a top. I think it was the fifth pick on. Kyle Pitts, I'm pretty sure he was pick five,
1: if not higher.
2: Yeah, if not higher, I might, know
1: it might have been four.
2: Um, and he was supposed to be all that in a bag of chips at the tight end position, um, where why fourth overall, and twenty 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 one twenty holy moly twenty twenty one he was the fourth overall pick, and for his career in two years he has under hundred receptions, like. Fifty-ish a year for a guy that you drafted that high—it just isn't enough, frankly. And I think it's the coaching; it's for sure, it is for sure the coaching staff's fault for not feeding him the ball as much the as X. they should. Like in the, his rookie year, they did find hundred and ten targets. I think that's an appropriate amount of targets for a rookie tight end. Notably, tight ends not having always the most a generational tight end a generational end. tight end is what he was yes. project, like, projected as, and. Like hundred and ten, he had a thousand yards rookie year. Like he, he's a, a good ball player, and <laughs> from there, I, I, I've had this rant cued for a while because I, I can't know, I, stand I the Falcons' it. offense. Played ten games last year and had sixty to fifty-nine targets, and it just boggles
1: my mind. They were also like I think eight and nine, seven and ten. Like they had a respectable season. Yeah. And like but like, how does that exist within that?
2: He just isn't a featured part of the offense when he one thousand percent should be a featured part of their offense. Like they should just be feeding him the ball, and they don't, yeah. which makes them look spending a the fourth overall pick on a tight end. Arthur Smith was there too, like goofy. Yeah, that's what doesn't. It doesn't make sense. The coach was there. He he drafted the guy. It makes no sense. I'm I'm just curious. So after, oh my god, after Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Penny Sewell, uh, yeah. Devonta Smith, Justin Fields that yeah. they really wanted a quarterback, Mac Jones. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean like Najee Harris that they wanted another running back. Like that's just a couple off. Just reading the first round, and all of those guys are having successful careers outside of Atlanta. Obviously. Mm -hmm. I think if they would actually try to use Kyle Pitts, like they would use a Jamar Chase, like they would use a Jalen Waddle, like they would use a Devonta Smith, their offense might look a whole lot better, frankly. But in case you've ever looked at a picture of Arthur Smith, he looks like he likes to run the ball. That mustache is doing the passing game no effing favors.
1: Yeah, he's uh, a a throwback to a different era. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I got, I got fired up over that. Cut to Kyle Pitts
1: having 300 passing. You know what, dude?
2: You F2. know what, dude? I would welcome it because it is a total disservice to that man to be putting him in that role as he it's does. True. Like we we don't want to do Week One overreactions, but man, alive! It's just it's just not good. Three, two, three targets and two receptions he just has to be a more featured part of the offense he just does i think i
1: read to the the it was like mid to late third quarter where the falcons um attempted their first pass over 20 yards
2: <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a rough offense but it's a weird but then actually, okay okay right it's not a rough so, offense it is a rushing we offense have, we have that right there's that but then there's
1: Bijan Robinson, who might just like if if it's if it's the Packers of old, we come into this week mm-hmm. scared shitless that this guy is going to dance all over Dean Lowry. He's not on the team anymore, but he's like this figure that just exists when bad run defense just dances all over the Packers defense, right? Which is possible it's- because. He that it, he has that big play of potential. The his first rushing NFL touchdown was super. Or no, it was actually not rushing. His touchdown. first it was touchdown a was
2: a little screen pass, and it was disgusting.
1: Disgusting. This guy is like a like super athlete freak that can do damage just getting the ball in near seconds. So
2: coming out that exists. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, right, no, go. go. You go. I'll, fine, I'll go. Go. Yeah. His last year at Texas, he had 1,900 yards from scrimmage, 1,600 yards of those on the ground, and 20 touchdowns, 18 on the ground, two through the air. Just a simply bonkers season. Just certifiably bonkers. And <laughs> he's got the talent, like you said, to have an all-time day against any defense in particular, a defense that, like the Packers, is still, I'm not going to say on suspect watch, because they did fine last week, but we this will be their first test, truthfully, because between B. John Robinson being an absolute stud rookie coming out of Texas this year, they also have uh, Tyler Algier, who was their, um, their rookie uh, running back last year. Tyler Algier last year... A thousand yards and three touchdowns on the ground. But again, a thousand yards as a rookie, as a running back, is good. He also had um, 139 receiving yards. So he's just, they have a, I want to say, two headed monster. Yeah, it is. But it's technically three. Yes. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson. Just as bonkers as B.J. Robinson did in rookie, rookie, as a college student as Cordell Pearson did as the Falcons' leading running back last year. Like, they just have an absolute crazy amount of talent at the running back position that you, again, I just went on the rant about Kyle Pitts in the passing game. You can't fault them for rushing it as much as they do, but the difference is, is if they run it like they do, why not pass it more? Like, why not just pound the ball over and 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 over again? And then just take the shots with the ball because they're going to have to prepare for the run game. Like, the play action, it would be so crazy if they even wanted to run it. I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I'm not a player to watch. A thing to watch is if they ever, it's through any sort of play action. Because I think any defense would be... It would be silly not to sell the for the run on a play action pass.
1: Yeah, I I mean I, the thing too, again, not to keep hitting this note. <laughs> but Arthur Smith and Matt LaFleur know each other. Right. They know what they want to do. It's very easy to kind of like, oh, I know your tricks. Yeah, you know I mean, like it that it, it's very easy from our point of view to just say something like that. But that really is in play here. That's why I think it is going to be very tightly contested, hotly contested. Right. Um, And, yeah, like, again, they have – they at least have a two-headed running attack. 86 yards after contact last week against Carolina. Between
2: the both of them or –
1: Between the both of them. Wow. Which, again, not just Packers of old, of just being run defense. If the Packers – how we've their tackling has been historically this could be a really tough test. Yeah. Last week was really good. Like they, they they
2: tackled well last week.
1: They tackled really well it was very sound, fundamental. Again, seven explosive plays last week against the Bears kind of points to not really letting, you know, you get gashed um in that way, especially running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um again, this is going to be a different game. different beast because Yeah. That that combo and plus whatever usage Cordell Patterson will have could really test the the Packers that way, and then
2: yeah, if the Falcons ever know how to pass the ball, I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something, uh, something for sure to watch. But I think like going to that as as well. start moving on to like the next point is that the the Falcons the offensive line isn't that good. Like as as a pass no. blocking unit, they uh, had the first fit. I'm sorry, fifth worst grade from PFF last year at, or last week. Holy moly, at 44.9. Like that's not good. There was a couple of clips flying around Twitter of Desmond Ritter not having a whole lot of time to throw the ball, which I don't think is the reason they're not throwing the ball. To go back to the point earlier, I just think they just don't want to. But um, Panthers, I think linebacker right Brian Burns. I think he's a linebacker. Edge. Edge, yeah, edge edge linebacker, linebacker, whatever you want to call um, it, had two sacks on four pressures and a forced fumble last week. So there's opportunity for some some eating here from the Packers' defensive line.
1: Yeah, I I think not that it's where this is always going to go. There's the keys of like, okay, whoever whoever generates the most turnovers likely will win the win the game. Whoever wins the battles on the ground, in the trenches, whatever cliche you want to use, will likely win. Whoever gets the quarterback as much as or more than the other team will likely win. I would say the Packers have an edge there, part of the pun, because of just what we saw them creating havoc against a similarly suspect offensive line in the Bears. Uh-huh. And I, I think... I, I again, it'll be t- interesting to see who kind of gets punched first because then you have to kind of adapt your game plan. Like, again, the Falcons really, it's not that like they breeze to a, a win, but it was pretty comfortable. Yeah. Like It was not like, I think the Panthers threatened like in the third quarter of uh, Sunday, but then. Turnovers in the Falcons' favor really blew up in that game. Jesse Bates, we'll get into later. Uh, He's going to be a problem. Um, That much is clear. But yeah, like the fact that the Packers have so many options on the edge. DeMonte White and Kenny Clark, Mm -hmm. maybe TJ Slayton gets in there too. Carl Brooks,
2: two rookies had. All of the interior defensive line.
1: (laughs) Yeah, all the interior (laughs) offensive or defensive linemen um, have, have the capability to really pulverized offensive lines mm-hmm. with regularity. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very thrilling to see because it's been a while. Like we've had like star pass rushers the last couple of years, but it's not been like a unit where it's like, this could be a whole level of disruptive in a very good way for the Packers.
2: Right. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing I'm looking for from the defense is just being able to stuff the holes in the offensive line. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of significant passes and runs outside of the tackles from the Falcons this week because getting B. John Robinson in space is going to be important for that offense because he is just so dynamic and so quick with his feet to make guys miss. But I think, first and foremost, you just got to stop the run between the tackles. At that point, if you can do that, you're probably in a pretty good place defensively. But, yeah... I think the corners will have a, the, the corners will have their work cut out for them, trying to navigate Bijan screens, Tyler Algier like pitches off the off tackles. I think it'll it'll be an interesting week to see how that entire box plays. So basically, Razul, Jair, the entire defensive line, and then like Quay.
1: Yeah, basically, basically it's like the second level. Yep. A defense. Right.
2: Exactly. And then
1: you have your safeties. You, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get into more of that, probably later. We'll <laughs> see.
2: Um. So I I think that is enough on the on the defense. Is there anything else defensive that we, that you we want to talk about? For Packers? Yeah, for like Packers defense, Falcons offense, sort of discussion. Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just because. Again, we. Not that we trash the Falcons' past the offense, but we would like to. Oh,
2: like, I trashed like, it, them.
1: I know, but <laughs> they have to prove it, and then we'll believe it. Kind of thing that they can, right? Are a competent offense yeah. that way,
2: right? Exactly. I think.
1: And I think just having Jair and Razul, um is going to really help limiting on the on the boundaries, and then if Darnell Savage plays like he, how he did in Week One, which not really guaranteeing, because we know the start savage experience, um, yeah, he's he's gonna loom large there, too, because he, he's gonna be key in, uh, limiting big plays, too.
2: Right. Um, worth noting that, um, Arthur Smith did tell media this week that he's hinting at more targets for Pitts and London, so we'll see. Notably, Jair will be on Drake-London. Most likely, I'd assume. Um yeah. but last week, um Razul drew Col almost the entire game. Um I should say almost the entire game, but a a good chunk of the game he was on Clearly in
1: red zone situations that, that second quarter drive.
2: Yeah. So we'll see if who who gets Kyle Pitts. I think he's a, a pretty athletic just dude. I could see Jair going up against him. I think Jair might be a little too short just to to, to go with them. I think Razul's a little bigger than than Jair, um, which is just being able to match up that little bit better against them, but we'll see. Re- e- either way, I think they'll be important to make sure that they uh, hold their own. So mm. with that being said, should we move on to the, uh, the offense, the Packers yes. offense? Yes. Let's hope uh, Romo Dobbs can play because I, frankly, don't want to see, uh, I mean, Even if Christian Watson can play too, that'd be super helpful. Um, I don't want to see Samari Toure trying to line up against AJ Terrell, (laughs) who had um, a fantastic week one, only allowing zero completions on four targets and a 39.6 passer rating when he was thrown against by Bryce Young. Like, all that being said, it's Bryce Young. If I guess you want to call terrence marshall the starting wide out um chark i think is there too dj chark is probably got the mingo Not the mingo like these aren't game-breaking wide i'm feeling i sure these aren't game-breaking uh wide receivers that he had to go up against but that's still pretty impressive like it's still a pretty good day from aj terrell and uh the Falcons had a the third highest coverage grade in week one, according to PFF, or guess by PFF's rating. So it'll it'll take the, the whole crew again in the passing game between Aaron Jones if he plays, Dobbs if he plays, which I'm sure he will, um, Musgrave, Jaden Reed. Um, Jaden Reed. Glad I didn't see him pro- crop up on the injury part. That's like, yes. I know we said it was cramps, but I'm glad it wasn't like a lingering thing.
1: Yeah. Um, he could be really big on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Especially no Watson, he,
2: limited Dobbs. If anything,
1: limited Dobbs are uh, not as limited as week one, but certainly limited in terms of the whole. Um, yeah, I liked what we saw of week one. I thought he it was a, a solid debut, if not like overwhelming. But yeah, like again, cor- the Atlanta quarterbacks specifically, uh, AJ Terrell, really good. Jesse Bates was the uh, week one NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, two interceptions, I think, like, ten tackles and a forced fumble.
2: The the two interceptions couldn't have been more mirrored. Yeah. They were the exact same throw that yeah. he picked it off, which, like, credit to him. He made the play both times, but it was a, a tough look for first game for Bryce Young.
1: Yeah, he kind of is the quarterback of the—not kind of. He is the Falcons quarterback of the defense. And I think for Love especially— be able to diagnose where he is and finding these windows that are going to be there and mere like moments, like mm-hmm. they're like pictures almost like snapshots. That's going to be, that's the mark of like, Oh, you have figured it out. Like I know you're probably not going to hear from us this way, but you're going to hear about it going up into the game, whether mm-hmm. it's pregame during the game, whatever. People are gonna treat Jordan Love like a rookie quarterback until he's not. And he's not a rookie quarterback, but we know that just because he has not played really until this year. Right. And started and all that stuff, he has to go through this gauntlet of like, okay, you figure that out. Oh, what what like here's three more things. Here are blitzes, here are coverage, different coverages and all that stuff. It that is part of the experience of having a new starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. But Again, Jordan Love isn't just a normal guy. That a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young, so there's probably going to be like a lot of comparisons whether he is close to Bryce Young and all that stuff. It's the, pay no mind to it. Just watch the game and see how he does in those situations because I think he has at least more of the aptitude and experience of seeing what's on film, see how t- teams play. It's not like last week when we are like, oh, maybe this is how it is. The Bears are openly talking about, like, we don't really know what the Packers are going to do. And they threw a lot out there, <laughs> uh, just judging by the many Packers followers I, I see on on X. Um, but, yeah, I think that, for me, is going to be very interesting to see of, like, hey, you've aced, nearly aced week one. Um, didn't have a complete game, but force of it was pretty good <laughs> what is it going to be like going against you know an all pro level safety who is going to be everywhere at all once not to just you know throughout that movie title but like <laughs> that's what i felt like watching those mistakes for bryce young or like just seeing how the falcons defense plays in general because uh-huh. jesse bates is the guy that kind of he's the straw that serves the drink and can really disrupt plays of in just mere moments. So Jordan Love has uh, a lot to kind of um, uh, adapt to on the fly going into going to Sunday with something
2: like that. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think his pocket will be a lot less uh, clean and and neat as it was on Sunday against the Bears. the The Falcons uh, front is incredible. It's got Cleus Campbell who signed there after being, I believe, cut from the Ravens this past uh, past off they have David Anyamata, uh, who is a former Saint, I believe. Um, Grady Jarrett is still Grady Jarrett, having a wonderful mm-hmm. uh, career um, down down there. He's he kind of had a, a top twenty one, but he played very well in twenty two and has started off pretty well in uh, twenty twenty three. So he's still a force on the uh, the inside. It's just it it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. They have Bud Dupree as a uh, as a linebacker, sort of veteran it's a tough defense. Like I, th- I think it's going to be a little messier in that pocket than, than it was against the bears. And so that lines up with what the, uh, the Packers offensive line needs to step up again this week. I think Josh Myers will be hugely important. I think you'll see mm-hmm. a lot of um, AJ Dillon and possibly either it's Patrick Taylor or Emmanuel Wilson or whomever that isn't Aaron Jones. If Aaron all Jones three. doesn't play, uh, honestly all four, whoever they decide to make for the active 51, yeah um just chipping guys that come through the 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 a gaps in the line cuz Josh Myers had a had a fine week last week but he is the the weakest link on this defense or on this offensive line I believe and Grady Jarrett and David Anyamon and Clay's Campbell are going to make life hard for him and yeah. so it'll, it'll, how are
1: we talk about the Packers defensive line still ascending even though Kenny Clark is very established at this point Falcons have three guys right there mhm and those guys are tough. I think David Anyamata, perusing through PFF, he was second in pass rush win rate behind Rashawn Gary. And Anyamata was playing more snaps with Rashawn Gary. So, like, right. it, it's a very different kind of uh, win rate right there, which is, again, just speaks to how uh, much they, they got to the Panthers' line and Bryce Young, too. Right,
2: exactly. So, I think there'll be a lot of quick stuff this week. I think to start from from Jordan Love and the Packers just to see what what this line looks like and how they're sort of getting home if they are. I think honestly the game plan will look a lot like it did against the Bears last week. Just trying to Yeah excuse me, feel out the game as it's progressing. Taking some shots downfield the when they can, but if they don't have Christian Watson again, which is a really big loss excuse me, loss for them, um, to stretch the field and take shots down the field like that, it'll it'll be an interesting um Offensive scheme on Monday or on Sunday for sure. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of who else is important here. Luke Musgrave. We'll see how he progresses as a, his second game. Maybe he'll learn how to run. <laughs> <laughs> that would be helpful. It would be helpful. Um, Maybe Don't turn around and backpedal on some catches. Maybe turn the hips, just as as an idea.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, who, who else? Who else?
2: I think that's um, honestly really it. Like, it's just gonna be the the two guys we already talked about: Jordan Love and Jaden Reed, for sure. Because mm-hmm. I think I, I would I would be surprised if they threw AJ Terrell and Jaden Reed. Frankly, you'll probably be on Dobbs when he's in. But
1: yeah, Dobbs probably are a combination of Toure, Wicks, yeah, um,
2: Heath, Heath. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, I'd love to see Malik Heath week. That'd be cool.
1: Yeah, any of the uh, the rookie wideouts or uh Samari Toure, I know he's a rookie, but kinda, he's one point five. Great. Right. Um um so if, if anybody wants to have a ball out game mm-hmm. kind of thing like that, make a play. It doesn't even have to be a full game. It yeah. Play. It this this game is gonna come down to like these rare plays that happen. And I I could be full of shit right now and it it blows up in my face. But, like, it just has that kind of vibe of, like... Oh, yeah. Especially without Aaron Jones, if if he is limited Mm -hmm. in full or in a lot of ways. And Christian Watson. Just Christian Watson, too. Like, I think not a lot got played up about not having Christian Watson in week one because of just the result. Right. But, like, that... Plugged up a lot of the early kind of like, (laughs) whatever we want to call the, not the first drive, but like the ensuing first quarter drive or first half drives of just like, there's an option. There's a, a what? Like, why are we doing that with AJ Dillon? Like a lot of that stuff of just like not having a deep threat that can kind of draw out and distort defenses in a lot of ways. It's gonna be that's gonna be really tough against a falcon secondary that again I think it could be like up there with very the most disruptive in the league even if the rest of the team isn't
2: as well or as good yeah no I strongly agree on that point definitely strong agree we'll see yeah I think somebody go make a play I'd be happy to see anybody go make a play and yep. i i I agree with you in f- full throatedly that this game will be. I think, tighter than we expect it to be. Like, I don't think anyone's predicting the Falcons to win the NFC South. It should be comfortably the Saints, in my opinion. But, um... I mean, even the Bucs last week beat the Vikings. NFC South is 3-1. and The only
1: team that lost is Andrew Snyder's Panthers.
2: And they lost to the Falcons, so, like, it's yeah. one, one of them had to lose, so... Yeah. um, I guess, in totality, they're doing fine so far. The Saints beat the Titans, I believe, at home. Yes. And so... All in all, it's it's not too bad. We'll see. We'll definitely see. I think, like I said, I think it's be tight. We tighter than we think. Yeah. that There's be- a watch. Yeah, it's like that. Based up, I think we should transition sure. into players to watch and score predictions. You went first last week. I did. That's I'm, right. Yeah. I'm going first this week. We or do? we do two each now, or do we do one, 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 one? We can do one, whatever. One. It doesn't matter. Okay. 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 <laughs> um. My two players to watch are going to be uh, Kyle Pitts and Romo Dobbs. The hopefully number one um, passing attack players for uh, for both teams, respectively. I think if Romo Dobbs plays, he's going to be obviously a critically important player, and hopefully he can play to his full ability and not be limited. But if they if they really are, unless Arthur Smith is blowing smoke up the Packers coaching snaps <laughs> for your ends in that they're actually going to try and weave more um, throws into Kyle Pitts and try and get him more involved in the passing game, then I could see that not I like I don't want to say like having a career day because that's not fair to Russell or Jair whoever covers them, but he's athletic as hell, dude, like he's just, He's just good. He he has all the makings for what should be a great, um, a great tight end, like receiving tight end, six six two fifty. Like he's just a large human who who is able to go up and get balls. And so yeah, for all intents and purposes, he really should be a guy we we should be watching out for. If the Falcons want to use him that way, it is yet to be seen.
1: I'm very torn because I have multiple guys just buzzing around for the Packers but I think I am going to settle on this man. If you do Wow. A lot of angst. A lot of angst from Packers fans after week one. It was not a great game. Uh, Let's go through it. 13 carries, 19 yards, long of seven yards uh, on the ground. Three targets, two catches, eight yards. Um, yeah, like I know, I think Andy Herman. I believe it was him talked about how AJ Dillon historically, this is his fourth year, has started slow when he's got a more as he's got a more uh, pronounced role. That is fine. The difference is he is going to probably have the lion's share of t- touches with Aaron Jones. Whatever's going on, whether he plays. I, I don't need to keep having or to do this caveat. Right. But you know what I mean? AJ Dillon's going to be featured a lot. And the Falcons know that. Like, if the if Packers, again, they're going to, if they play the way that they are setting out to play, mm-hmm. AJ Dillon's going to be a large part of that. Again, it's going to be based on what he sees in front of him. And it's very different what Aaron Jones sees in front of him versus AJ Dillon. Um, that being said, I just want to see a good game out of him. It doesn't have to be flashy. It it could just be you get like 20 carries and it's 50 yards, but it's in a like you're getting home in the end zone. You're catching some screens and making plays that way. Like I think at this point, because it is such a make or break year, literally he could not be a packer after this year. There's just gonna be a lot, it's gonna be riding that way with AJ Dillon, especially again, two after last year, too. Um, that I think it makes it hard to kind of like, you just know you're on the roller coaster with him. And he's a good player. He's a very situational player. He's not like a a 1A, it's not a 1A, 1B situation. Aaron Jones is the elite running back here if we're talking about it. AJ Dillon could, in a very long shot way, be like that. But he's going to be in the league for a very long time. And I just would like to see him kind of just had this breakout performance that could really carry the Packers offense in a big way because if things go according to plan, they're going to have the ball a lot and they're going to be milking a lot of clock and they're going to be earning three to four yards every time A.J. Dillon gets the ball.
2: Yeah, I think there definitely is a reality in which A.J. Dillon is is a 1B type of running back, but he just, I guess, isn't at this point i think pretty pretty solidly just not there and we haven't seen it since that uh, 2021 season if you can get back 2021 form with the i guess i don't want to say advancements but just knowing and progressing as a running back and getting sort of that veteran leadership in there and building on his game from what it was in 21 i think he can be that i just think like you said we're a, we're a long way off right now
1: and I don't think it's it's that much of a shock that a guy that's very inside the box, he's not like he's not an Aaron Jones, no one very few are, but he's not he's an old school running back, he's a guy that just plugs through these A gaps, these it's within the offensive line. And if you're trying to find the gaps that way and you're relying on guys like Josh, the the interior offensive linemen, who are the most suspect on this, in the line, save for, obviously, Ellen Jenkins. That that matters. That does matter in what he sees versus what Aaron Jones sees, but it's obviously different when A.J. Dillon, they're trying to do these things where he's running outside the tackles or he's doing screen games. He's an excellent pass blocker um, or has gotten better in that way, at least. But like he's just not, it's not the same utility or like variety that we see with aaron jones he's an old school guy with when it comes to running the ball and that does hurt him in that sense of just how the packers play
2: right and like being the the head down north and south running back for him and being like how strong he is he should be a guy breaking a lot of tackles and in 21 he was he had 17 broken tackles in 2021 um averaging 11 attempts per broken tackle and so but last year he had six, and on 180... 180- and there was a
1: big... Sorry to cut you off. There's a big thing about LeFleur and him we're talking about, that he's running too high. Right. So they're making a concerted effort to get lower to the ground, fight for those extra yardage. The kind of thing that... He's quadzilla, for God's sakes. Like, that is what his calling card is. And, yeah. Like, that, that was very apparent last year, and in week one, it was... It's hard to tell what was really an issue here, but what can be said is that he just was... not, not a lot was going for
2: him regardless. Right. So, 17 broken tackles in 21, 6 last year. 31 yeah. attempts per broken tackle last year. Like, And they had... he had one... one snap, or I guess one attempt difference in each year. He had 187 in 21, 186 in 22. And so... Like the efficiencies, the efficiency just went way down in that regard. Yeah, which is what they need him to be. They need him to be that yes. bruiser late in games, late in season. Which, like you said, was it Zach Cruz or Andy Eddie Her- Herman on Twitter? I like mentioned like as the season goes on, Adrian Allen gets better, but yeah. we can't. And it's not like we can't, as if we are in a Super Bowl contention sort of place, but just as a successful football team, we need him to be. Better at this point in the season, just in general, like he can come on late in the season all he wants. He just needs to be better early on in the season to make it worth it for the Packers, essentially.
1: And in reality, too, like all that, all that is considered, and it's well, it's those are perfect points to make. It goes out the window when he's the number one running back if Aaron Jones doesn't play at all. Exactly. Yeah, you know I mean, like we're just talking about we're just talking about how can the Packers get to two now? Yeah, <laughs> really, you know I mean, like it, right. it is. It, I agree with you. It's not like we're talking about this is the Super Bowl game. <laughs> Never the Falcons, obviously, that wouldn't happen. But like, it's a very different conversation when it's just like, guy's gonna be the number one running back. He's gonna get the ball a lot. Let's just see him move it for more than just two yards at a time.
2: Right? No, I'm right there with you. So yeah, that was your your first player to watch. Do you have a second yeah, one?
1: That took me ten minutes.
2: <laughs> um Jesse Bates.
1: Yeah. Jesse Bates, yeah, it's pretty obvious coming off a really good game gets Panthers. Uh he was their big free agent splash, guy that Newmack and I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering all the questions at safety for the Packers. Uh week one suddenly lived up to the contract that he got over the off season, and he's gonna live up to it provided that he's healthy. Um moving forward and yeah he's was disruptive in week 1 got two picks uh, i believe that was the first time he's had more than one pick in, in an NFL game if i uh my reading was correct um and yeah i think he's he has the potential to really terrorize Jordan Love and just what they're seeing what they're going to look on the on the sidelines after drive after drive um. Yeah. It's it's obvious he's the number one with the bullet in terms of, of or the Atlanta def- defense. Right.
2: Yeah. Spot on. Spot on. So. All right. Score predictions. What's who's gonna win on Sunday, Jordan? What's, what's the uh? What's what's the plan?
1: Oh, it's not. It's not great that we're talking about not being without your most dynamic wide receiver and your best. Offensive player. Um, Who's going to come down from this high of week one? Packers? Is it the Falcons? I'm going to go Falcons 20, Packers 17.
2: Falcons 20, Packers 17. A loss. Wow. Also, I'm glad you, you had your five seconds of building up the tension. I was giving yeah. you about two more. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I can't stand you if you're going to do this for a whole minute. <laughs> um, uh. I'm going to be the optimist here. I think that the despicable, horrendous, atrociously watched uh, passing game with the Falcons is going to be their undoing against a hopefully heavy um, pass rush and defensive front for the Packers. I'm going to go... I still think it might be high scoring just because that that run is just so crazy from them, from the Falcons. I think it's going to be 31-27 Packers.
1: I would like to see that game.
2: So would I. That's why. That's why I predicted it. <laughs> Spoken into existence. That's right. Um, we gotta make sure I get this down here. Perfect. All right, folks, that is it for us this week. Be sure to check out. Um, all of the Eurostep Podcast Network podcasts, Instagram, socials, all that stuff at gspn.info. Subscribe to, or shouldn't say subscribe, follow us at at Zone on Twitter, at Tresky on Twitter, at PackersGSPN on Twitter, um, as well as at WatchGSPN on Instagram and I believe TikTok, um, both of which have some reels and obviously Instagram will have posts about the cheese board and um, our score predictions and things like that in the coming weeks. So all that being said, you can find all that at GSPN.info. Check out uh the Eurostep, the illustrious Rohan Kadi, and newly recently married Ty Windish mm-hmm. dropped the episode today, Thursday, right? Yes, Thursday. Um, with newest newest Bucks player, Ty Ty Washington Jr. They interviewed him ahead of the season which is in i think 31 days as of this very second i think i saw something on twitter about that today it was like john henson numbers of days away until um i think preseason. yeah that's what i said did i say that ah, i thought i said pre-season you said season i thought I, I thought i said preseason. regardless 31 days until the preseason. so um awesome 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 interview from rohan and ty talking to ty ty washington jr go check that out it is fantastic um, the Brewers took three or four from the Miami Marlins this uh, this series, so they're sitting pretty there. I think that is now four games up on the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, as the season winds down, yeah. I think I I saw four after they won on my sports app, but I'm not sure if that was updated or not. But regardless, still ahead of the Cubs ahead of their last four series against the Nationals starting tomorrow. Then four and a half. Four and a half the Nationals starting tomorrow, and then I think at the Cardinals, at Miami, and then the Cardinals and the Cubs again. So, winding down the regular season as the Brewers look to make that postseason push, and maybe make a magical run. And Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder have you all covered on Cruising for a bruising for that. So, But they also have you covered on Make Time for This, our Junk Drawer Pop Culture uh, pod. Their latest episode, couldn't I have, I've never seen a fire, but Christian Petzl, then Paula Beer, return for a fire. So if you are in a fire fan, go check it out. <laughs> they do a wonderful job on that. I just listened to their Oppenheimer episode after going to see it last week. It is fantastic. So if you've got an interest in a movie or any sort of um, theme, like horror or anything else, you can go check out all their pods that are archived from previous years in that way. And they're all still relevant because movies are timeless. So all that being said thank you folks for listening we'll be back with you again on Sunday and or Monday um, for the, the post game pod against the Falcons we appreciate you listening and subscribing drop a review um, on your listening app of choice Spotify Apple leave a comment on YouTube if you want so you can find us a whole bunch of places we love your feedback all which way anyways so again thank you for listening and Jordan thank you thank you
1: thank you